Check out the Mickey Plyler Show each weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. here on The Roar. Mickey and company get your day started with scores, interviews, and all the news from the day before. Mickey breaks down all things college football, golf, and everything else in the sports world. Check it out each morning on 105.5 and 97.5 FM or tune in on our app or website, theroarfm.com. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. With the largest coverage of any sports talk station in the upstate. Bring back the option. Nobody does it better than us. We're 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. William Pluggabush and Mike Vaughn with you. I am live at Doug Kingsmore Stadium where the Tigers are getting ready for uh, smash practice. That's right, Mike. Have I told you about this, that they don't have batting practice under Eric Bakich? It's smash practice. You have told me about that. We talked about it yesterday. Yeah, they don't want to bat things. I love it. They want to smash things. Um, Speaking of uh, smashing, uh, this segment is going to be a smashing success. Because we have with us one of our favorites, Josh Graham uh, from the Triangle. He is an ACC aficionado. He has been in Greensboro. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh Graham Radio. Check him out, The Drive on WSJS. And, uh, again, just a phenomenal human being. And he joins us right now. Josh, what's up, buddy? Well, I've been in Greensboro. I am in Greensboro. I and currently sitting about 25, 30 steps from the floor where Clemson, I think, just finished practicing. Ran into uh, Don Munson, among others, here at the Coliseum as they get set to try and clinch a berth into the ACC championship game, which, as you know, they've only been to a couple of times in their history. That's right, and uh, that's really the biggest stake. I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, Virginia, this is old hat for Virginia. In fact, the last time that Clemson got to this stage was when they went to Sweet 16, and they ran into Virginia, and they played them very close, and they lost at the end, and it just it, – this kind of feels like what Tony Bennett's team does. Like, like last night, I'm watching them against UNC, and I'm going, well, I mean, North Carolina's not real good today, but, oh, my gosh, it's five points and three points and, like – is Virginia like are they are they going to do this? Are they going to actually like rise up here? And they did last night. It just feels like one of those things where they're they're just unfazed as a program because they have a long memory of having success in these games. Isn't that the challenge that Clemson faces first and foremost tonight? Yeah, that's the challenge you face. Really, everyone in the ACC is faced with a Tony Bennett Virginia team for the better part of the last decade now, but. When you get to this stage in an, in an ACC tournament, it really is going to be a strong challenge, whoever you deal with. It's just about what matchups would you rather prefer. And all I could think when I woke up today was, man, did Clemson get a better draw with Virginia than playing on the other end against Miami. I, I don't think you want to try and play and attract me if you don't have to. Clemson doesn't mind you know, mucking it up and making it ugly if they have to. If those that with PJ Hall and company and playing a physical brand, 
especially knowing that Virginia is more shorthanded than they've been during the year without Ben Vanderplas is going to be out for the remainder of the year now, we learned yesterday. And the other thing is this. I'm not a math magician, Quag, but when you have fewer possessions in games, the way that Virginia plays, the way we know Virginia to play, points, they come at a premium. And when you are 14th in the ACC in free throw shooting, like Virginia is, this is the worst Tony Bennett free throw shooting team, I think, in a decade, that you're going to be playing close games. And that's what happens when you have shorter possessions and shorter games as a result. I don't think – I think Clemson, this is a really good opportunity for them tonight, and I really like their chances to win. In fact, I think they're going to beat Virginia tonight. I really do. Okay, see, that's what I was going to ask you about because Vanderplus, by the way, is like 50% at the line, and I know Clemson didn't mind putting him out there at, in Charlottesville because he, I think he missed them all. He's like 0 for 4 or 0 for 5 or something like that down the stretch. Um, but Jaden Shedrick, who had five blocks last night, was a DNP coach's decision in the first game against Clemson literally a week and a half ago. Am I like? Am I supposed to be concerned about that? That this guy's just going to come out of nowhere? Like the two guys that dropped double figures in the first game for Virginia that hadn't done squat in in weeks uh, that that helped Clemson. Is Shedrick a guy that Clemson fans should be aware of uh, heading into tonight's game? He's he's an extra body that can disrupt people defensively. Offensively, there isn't much to worry about. Clemson. In the or Virginia in the middle of January adjusted from having Cedric start games to going with a smaller lineup and Vanderplas being interjected in there. So Cedric, even though he was that DMP, as you mentioned, he's played plenty. He's been around. Not much of a threat offensively, but defensively, he's the type of guy that is going to make sure he's, his presence known, that he's going to make sure P.J. Hall feels that he's there. And I don't that is an impactful thing in what should be a low scoring, you know, drag out type of game tonight, but I don't know if that's going to be a game changing type of player. All right, before we get to the other semifinal, I there's crazy stuff all the time because team seasons are ending and weird like weird stuff happens at these conference tournaments. I don't remember a tournament with more just like press conference drama. Where you have, like, Josh Pastner's asked about his future. You have the North Carolina where they're basically like, yeah, we – I mean, body language-wise and some of the stuff they said, they're basically like, we don't care if we play again. Uh, and you have Bayheim. I mean, whatever happened with Bayheim. You got some great stuff from Steve Forbes the other day. I mean, like – Mike Bray, can he Mike Bray? I mean, this, this has been a remarkable string of days of just elite press conferences. It really has been. And see, Jim, ba- let this sink in, everybody. Jim Beheim coached his last game at Syracuse in Greensboro. In <laughs> Greensboro. And the coach he lost to in his last game was a coach that he incorrectly alleged had bought his team a month ago. I still am trying to get to the bottom of where Jim Beheim had dinner in Greensboro the other night. I haven't been able to figure it out. Can't <laughs> confirm or deny that it was a Denny's and he was elbowed deep in a grand slam. But I, do they serve those at night? I don't know. Anyway, 
to, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of interesting things. And we'll see what tonight brings because Tuesday we had Mike Bray coach his last game at Notre Dame. Jim Beheim, all that on Wednesday. Yesterday, the first preseason number one team in the field of 64 era, which goes back to 1985 to not make the NCAA tournament had their season in in North Carolina. And, yeah, they didn't kind of say with body language that they didn't want to play in the NIT. Armando Baycott flat out said he didn't want to play in the NIT, but if Hubert Davis tells him to, he will, right? So that's mm. where things currently stand with that. Tonight, though, has a, a high bar to meet because of what the last few days have been done. All right, let's talk North Carolina. Visit with Josh Graham. Check him out at Josh Graham Radio on Twitter. Uh, we – uh, we we got North Carolina wrong, right? I mean, we have some blame here because we did the same thing with UCLA after they made their run I to didn't. the Final Four two years I ago. Didn't get North no, Carolina wrong. Carolina no, you fans. did not. Uh-huh. No, you did not. You're you're right about that. But aren't we somehow culpable? Like to me, this is not like Kansas coming off a national championship and returning everybody and flopping. This is a team that we knew. We knew was a bubble team that lost a quad four home game in late January and made a run to the national championship game. We knew they played a great month, and we just ignored all the mountain of evidence that said maybe they just played a great month and Brady Manick shot 100,000% from three, and we assumed that they would be just the same team with Pete Nance. I, I feel like we are culpable to some degree in yeah, North Carolina's demise, I, as also they are. I agree with you. I do. But... <laughs> this is another thing Armando said yesterday. You guys, oh, we, maybe we just weren't that good. We weren't as good as what you guys said. I'm sorry. Did you, was it me or was it you who put out the video of you sitting at midcourt in the Smith Center saying, we're, we got unfinished business. Uh-huh. We're going to try and hang a banner inside this. Did, did I say that? Was that Josh Graham and William Qualkenbush? Or was that Armando Baycott? They knew what the deal was. They knew what the expectations were going to be when you, you know, I, I saw this great tweet yesterday. I wish I could give credit to whoever said it, but it was someone said North Carolina went into the halftime locker room in the national championship up 16 points, and they still haven't left that locker room in New Orleans. That's, that's kind of what it's been because we really haven't seen that team much since then in New Orleans. But the media does own this, but – Really, frankly, it's an indictment on how regional college basketball has become across the country where we talk about this every year with the ACC preseason poll. I don't know why people put stock in it. Oh, what a great year Jeff Capel had. He were ever picked 14th out of 15 teams. If you ask 90% of the media people that vote on that poll to name a pit basketball player in October, they probably wouldn't be able to do it. Why do we put value in it? So when North Carolina has they're the preseason number one team in the – AP poll and they're the number one team in the ACC poll. How much of that is just, oh, I know the four guys on their team because I watched it in March, right? So we got we to gotta factor that into this too. You're right. We are culpable in that sense and that we might be a little lazy with it and the coverage has become a little bit more regional for the sport. But mm, Armando Baycott, you, you, you still were the one out there saying that you had unfinished business and that you were trying to hang banners. That that's exactly right. I, I do think that uh, I do think that Baycott and his teammates deserve a lot of the blame. I just think like sometimes we'll go, okay, they're they're the preseason number one. They didn't make it, so like they're responsible for all of that. And I just think, you know, what if they were twentieth 
preseason? What if they should have been like 20th? Because I do think that they that they should have been ranked in the top 25, and it would have been a disappointment regardless. I don't know for some reason, and I this that every single fiber of my being is uh, is really beating, trying to beat back the sensibility. For some reason, I feel bad for them. I feel sorry for them oh, that they're having to do this. But here's the thing, too. They were destined to disappoint. The point that yeah. you're making is a good one that, like, because they didn't make the tournament, they're deemed this probably the most, you know, disappointing team in college basketball this year, and that's right because of the expectations. But what would they have had to have done this year in order to meet those expectations, short of going to the Final Four? Like, an Elite Eight, would that have done it? Sweet 16, would that have done it? I mean, that's the part where it, it's when people made it final four or bust or national championship or bust, partly we did that, but mostly the players themselves did that. They, they set themselves up to be a disappointing team. They did that. And I can't help but think when I watch Caleb Love play, you know, like the scene in Austin Powers where he, he looks at the mole and starts saying, mole, mole, mole. And that's the only thing that you can notice <laughs> now that you see. So I had this thought a few months ago. Austin Rivers and Caleb Love are exactly the same person. They're exactly the same person. Oh, that's and good. They're going to be remembered a decade from now. When you think Austin Rivers, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Go, William Quackenbush. First thing that comes to mind. Uh, it's the, well, honestly, it is, oh, man, well, you call me off guard. Is, is it, it the, the Carolina game? It's, it's yeah, it's, the, it's his, his, great, his great second half. Yeah, he had the That's game it. shot at the buzzer to beat North Carolina. And when we remember Caleb Love 10 years from now, it's going to be the same thing uh, regardless of how it ended. Because the funny thing with Austin Rivers now, bringing it back full circle, people don't talk about the fact that he lost to 15-seeded Lehigh in the Greensboro Coliseum to end that season. They talk about what he did against Carolina in the rivalry, hitting that shot. Mm. So 10 years from now, when people talk about this team, are they going to talk about the fact that things ended in Greensboro and they didn't make the NCAA tournament? Or are they going to talk about what Caleb Love did to extinguish Coach K? I venture to say it's the latter. I love what you're, uh, I love what you're saying there. I think it's a great point. And uh, I, to me, I'll always remember the Lehigh game because Walt Abtula will never let me forget it. So there's that. Money, um, money, right. money, 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 money. Oh, money. my God. <laughs> by, by the way, great reference. I'm going to have to watch the uh, full Austin Powers collection. Not this weekend or next weekend, or really, I'm just going to do it in May. Uh, final question, uh, final question for you before we let you run. I know you're a busy guy, and you've got your own show to do, so I appreciate the time. Uh, who wins the ACC tournament this weekend? Oh, I think it's Miami because okay. my bracket says Miami's going to beat Clemson tomorrow. That's, that's okay. what I got written down, so I'm going to stick with that. But I will say this, uh, because we're here in Greensboro, the NCAA tournament for some teams – kind of does start right now, and I'm not just talking about the bubble teams that need to win to get in. I've been told by more than a few people that Tennessee is pretty much a lot to go to this region in Greensboro, but the other big regional local team is kind of up for grabs, and it's probably going to be whoever finishes better in this tournament between Virginia and Duke. And if you've been in this building, when Duke is at home, again, mm. Sands the uh, Lehigh game 10 years ago that we were just talking about. Uh, it's a huge advantage for Duke, and it would be a huge advantage for Virginia given it's only a few hours' drive for them to be here. That's, that's a big deal, and that's something that's hanging in the balance. So don't be surprised on Selection Sunday that whoever finishes better in this tournament between Duke and Virginia are going to be playing 
here in Greensboro next weekend. Oh, very good stuff there. And now we will watch through that lens uh, all night long. Josh, thanks, buddy. Always good to visit with you. WSJS at Josh Graham Radio. Love it. Enjoy your next two days in Greensboro. I will be at an overcast ballpark today, and I will be thinking of you guys sitting indoors watching semifinal basketball. I'm going to go badger Don Munson and throw some potato chips at him. That's what I'm about that's to do. A, that's great. That's great. Make sure you have good aim, though, because if you – like, you need to miss on the floor or he will eat those in your face and he'll make you feel bad about it. I'm going to throw a curveball, maybe a change – uh, probably better to go sour cream in that case rather than Lay's Classic. But we'll see. Thanks, guys. I appreciate how you've thought about this. Thanks, Josh. Josh Graham, join us, ladies and gentlemen. That That's great. He's, he's, he's one of the great ones, and he has a great sense for what's going on up there uh, in the triangle, and a great sense of what's going on in Greensboro. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I got more to say about Clemson. We got to hear what Brad Brownell said about it. We got to hear what PJ Hall said about it. 654 Roars a number. We want to hear what you say about it as well. Hour two of the program continues after this. Get ready to slam dunk those dirty carpets with zero-res carpet and air duct cleaning. As the madness of March approaches, it's time to get your home in order. Zero-res uses no harsh chemicals, leaving your carpets safe for your family and your pets. Whether you're hosting a watch party or just need a refresh, the cleaning pros at Zero-res have you covered. Right now, mention my name, Mickey Plowler, at The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for only $119. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Since 1917, Harbin Lumber Company has been a top lumber and building supplier in the industry. Their number one asset is their employees, people who are dedicated to providing quality building products and contractor services. People just like you, working to grow and be a part of the community. From construction projects to large remodeling jobs, see the hardworking folks people have entrusted for nearly 100 years. Harbin Lumber Company, serving South Carolina, Georgia, and North Carolina, and online at harbinlumber.com. The Pendleton Tire Company wants you to have a tire as strong as you are. The Michelin Defender LTX is ready for the tough jobs and the long hauls. It holds up to tough conditions and will keep you rolling strong with confidence. Give Zach or Joey a call at 864-646-3694. Michelin Tires and the Pendleton Tire Company. A winning combination since 1973. PendletonTire.com. Standing water or that musty smell in your basement can be a sign of major problems. Canty Foundation Specialists are your local experts in basement waterproofing and crawl space repair. Call us today for a free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialists at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. Hey guys, did you go up a pant size or two this winter? It's time to shed that winter weight with a semaglutide weight loss plan from Low Country Mail. Semaglutide reduces your food cravings, lowers your A1C, and allows you to lose weight with little to no dietary restrictions or exercise. All of our weight loss and testosterone plans include primary care, labs, medication, and much, much more. No long-term contracts, straightforward monthly pricing, proven results. Make man men again. Lowcountrymail.com. 
Learn the basics of name, image, likeness contracts and how to safely do business with college athletes. Clemson Area Chamber of Commerce hosts another Eggs and Opportunities Breakfast March 15th from 7.30 to 9 with Jordan Sorrells and Nick Eason, both with Clemson Athletic Football. Join us at the Clemson Indoor Football Facility for this NIL event. The dear old Clemson Collective will be on hand to answer questions about doing NIL the Clemson way. For tickets, call the Clemson Area Chamber at 654-1200. Hey, Jimmy, I'm going to ask Rachel to marry me, and I need your help. Take these flashcards. I've got to learn these engagement ring terms. Quiz me. Okay, uh, Halo, Vintage, Channel Set. Those are all ringtones. Ring styles. Now, how about this? SI2, HVVS, ESI1. I got bingo? No, those are diamond grades. Okay, table, crown, girdle. What a queen wears to dinner. OMG, no, those are all parts of the diamond. Okay, this one's easy. Baraggio, Takori, Dossi. I know this, types of cheeses. Dude, ring designers. Guys, don't sweat it. Come to Diamonds Direct and let us teach you how to buy like a dealer buys. We'll teach you all the inside secrets, as well as explain the good and bad when it comes to lab-grown diamonds versus natural ones. At Diamonds Direct, we take all the mystery out of the process and give you the expert guidance you need to make a smart decision. Here, I made you new flat. Cards. Garage, deck, windows, shrubs? Welcome to Married Life. Diamonds Direct. Details and more at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, Anderson, if you're looking for a great place to work, Glen Raven is hiring. The maker of high-quality, world-famous Sunbrella products is looking for process operators, process technicians, quality inspectors, and material handlers. Now, they're seeking experienced pros, and they're also willing to train candidates who are new to manufacturing. So check out all the opportunities. Glen Raven offers a very competitive hourly rate, plus you'll get a $1,500 sign-on bonus. That's right, you'll get a $1,500 sign-on bonus. So apply today. You'll also enjoy generous benefits, including paid vacation and holidays, 401k matching, a pension program, free on-site medical care, a 24-7 fitness center, and more. It's an established company with an exciting future, so don't wait. Apply now at join.sunbrella.com. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Apply today at join.sunbrella.com. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. If you want the full Roar experience, go check out theroarfm.com for all the latest updates and podcasts. We're 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Hour two continues out of bounds. William Quagabush and Mike Vaughn with you. Smash practice is underway. Georgia State has arrived in the third base dugout, getting some stretching done, and really they got a lot of folks just sitting and watching. Well, standing and watching. Clemson take uh, smash practice. And the sun is starting to peek through the clouds just a little bit here at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. Looking forward to a great day of baseball today as the Tigers will send Austin Gordon to the mound against the Panthers of Georgia State. By the way, our um, Out of Bounds Watch every Monday is brought to you by our friends at Kiwi Financial. And I don't know if you noticed, but the financial news, not always great these days. In fact, the last couple days have been kind of rough. And if you're trying to go it alone, uh, it can really hurt you. 
But that's the difference with uh, the folks at Kiwi Financial. Greg Wales and his team there, they do a great, great job of making sure that you have exactly what you need from a financial standpoint uh, when you need it. They're going to take care of your retirement. They're going to make sure it's in good hands. They are managing your money wisely for the future. That's the difference with Kiwi Financial Group. Go by and see them right there next to Max Drive-In on Pendleton Road in Clemson. All right, we've, we've had a lot of questions about the net, a lot of uh, hand-wringing about the net. Here, here's what happened for Clemson yesterday, okay? Now, we know about some of the, some of the voices, okay, that were touting Clemson last night. Let me, let, let me, let me throw this out there before we, we tell you what P.J. Hall said. And before we tell you what Brad Brownell said, we're going to play you both those uh, clips in this segment. I want to set this up, though. One thing that I have been concerned about with Clemson over the course of time is that whatever they have been doing is not attracting attention from the right people. And, and let me explain. When they, when they beat the stew out of Notre Dame, when they beat the stew out of Syracuse, and they beat Florida State by 40, there aren't national people going on shows that a lot of people are watching and saying, Clemson is an NCAA tournament team, or wow, that's an impressive win by Clemson, or anything of that sort. That they just haven't been moving the needle that way, right? With some of their, with some of their recent results. Some of it is that the best chance they had to do that was when more people were watching at Virginia, and it didn't work. Well, last night, and and you know what, the the game in in Raleigh against NC State was a noon tip. There were other big games that day. It just was not the center of the universe. Well, last night, late. Clemson had a big slot on ESPN with a lot of eyeballs on it. And I think there were people, Jay Billis is on the call. He's a prominent voice. Seth Greenberg's on the panel. He's a prominent voice. And we've talked a lot about how teams like North Carolina were getting a lot of love from the, from the commentary class. A team like Michigan getting a lot of love from the commentary class. A team like, uh, well, I would say Rutgers, but they're in nip and tuck with the uh, with Purdue, a team like Wisconsin getting a lot of love from the commentary class and the bracket industry and all of these things, and Clemson just was not moving the needle. And so if you're not in the conversation with those folks, chances are you're going to make it more difficult to be in the conversation with the bracket, with the, uh, with, with the selection committee when they're, when they're filling out the bracket. Well, the bracket industry is still a little bit behind on Clemson, even despite the fact that if you look at who, what happened yesterday, Michigan lost to Rutgers. That was good for Clemson. You had Mississippi State who barely beat Florida. They're playing Alabama right now. Mike, do you have a score update on that? I know it's in there uh, in the studio. It's a 19-13, 12 minutes into the first half. Okay, so 19-13, they're down to Alabama. Tigers would certainly like to have a loss there for uh, Mississippi State. You have Pittsburgh who got killed by Duke. I don't know how in the world Pittsburgh is in anybody's bracket and Clemson's not. Providence lost to UConn. Now they're on the bubble, I think. Um, you've got Nevada lost to San Jose State. That was a huge game and a big 5-over-4 upset there in the Mountain West because Nevada's had a rough February and has fallen back. Penn State beat Illinois. That wasn't great, but Oklahoma State, Lost by double digits to Texas. They can't score. They haven't beaten anybody recently. Um, let's see, Boise State beat UNLV. Um, Arizona State beat USC. But uh, but Utah State and New Mexico, they kind of were canceling each other out. Bottom line, you look at what was available for this team. Almost everybody lost that was in their vicinity to kind of clear a path. Uh, North Carolina, another one. North Carolina loses to Virginia. Um, Auburn loses to Arkansas. I know people think Auburn's solidly, and I think Auburn looks like a nine seed to me right now, or maybe a ten seed 
right now. Auburn doesn't look like a great team to me, especially on paper. They've played a tough schedule. They have two quad one wins. I mean, and they're like 2-11, and 11, so they had plenty of opportunities. Here's the point. The point I'm making with all that is some of the seas parted before Clemson played. And Dan Shulman and Jay Billis, they were pounding that narrative home on a TV broadcast last night. Win and they're in. Win and they're in. Could it be the win that Clemson needed? And they showed Lenardi's, uh, Lenardi's uh, uh, you know, last four in and first four out. They showed that throughout the game and how Clemson was, was inching up there. Then you get to the end of the game, and Jay Billis is saying, absolutely, they're definitely in. Now, Jay Billis can't say that. But when Jay Billis says that, when he makes that statement, he is saying that to the committee. Because guess who's watching the broadcast of that game? It is the members of the selection committee who don't operate in a silo. It's like a sequestered jury. It sounds like a great idea, but somebody's got to text the babysitter, right? Somebody's got to have some sort of access to the outside world, even in a sequestered jury. It's hard to find 12. We know this with the Murdoch case, right? The Murdoch case everybody cared about. It's hard to find 12 jurors who have no clue what's going on and aren't listening to anybody talk about the case. Similarly, the folks who are in that committee room know what the national voices are saying. And they care, I think, what Billis says, and they care what Greenberg says, and they care what the coaches are saying, and they care what the former players are saying, and they care what these prominent voices are telling them regarding teams. And what I thought was interesting, Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this too. 654-ROAR, you want to get in on the phones this segment or next segment here. But one of the things that I thought was interesting in this conversation last night was that Billis wasn't just saying, watch and play. I know the resume doesn't look great, but watch and play. He wasn't just saying that. He was saying, watch and play, and, oh, by the way, look at the wins that they have. They have three dominant wins over NC State. They won at Virginia Tech. They won at Pittsburgh. They have quality wins away from home. They've done a good job of maximizing their opportunities away from home, and they've, they're playing great ball recently. He said after, that's, after the game, ahead. Paul, he, he said they should have been in already, and they're definitely in now. That's right. So, when again, if I'm a committee member – and I know when I put that bracket out, now, again, you want to get the 68 teams that you feel are the best. And really what that means is you want to get the 36 teams that you feel are the best because 32 you got no say in. But if you're going to leave a team out, is it going to be a team that the people on the panel that's going to immediately respond to the rankings that you came out is going to say this team had a resume and this team played like a team that should be in the NCAA tournament? You're going to leave them out and subject yourself to that type of scrutiny? It's kind of like what Ben said a couple weeks ago. Ben was like, if this were any other sport, Clemson would be blowing up Twitter right now and mad as rip that, uh, that, that this team wasn't getting more love. Well, now we've seen it. Now Clemson fans know, and they, they've got a little bit of groundswell of national support. These national people know Clemson's an NCAA tournament team. Now you're just trying to uh, convince the committee of that. And because of that, you have questions coming to, for example, P.J. Hall on the court after the game. Here is what P.J. said to Holly Rowe about this topic. Well, I thought we had it here. Quote. I thought I thought we had uh, I thought we had Holly Rowe queued up. I tell you this what, do actually, we have? This is actually the panel. Um, it's not coming through. Let's let's go to the. Uh, Clip with Brownell. How about that? Okay, so we, so we have the Brad clip. Okay, so let's play Brad Brownell. Matt Conley asked him straight up 
uh, on Zoom, our friend Matt Conley, he says, uh, you can hear the question, he says, like, do you guys feel you're a tournament team? And Brad Brownell, just imagine Brad Brownell's body language, and you're going to come close. Just imagine his body language when he gives his answer here. Hey, Brad. I know statement win is kind of a cliche type of term, but uh, Jay Billis said tonight it shouldn't even be a discussion that y'all should be in. Do you feel like y'all, y'all proved yes. something and show something? Yes, 100%. Uh, 100%. Like five quad one wins. Who can you beat and where can you beat them? Right? We don't play those games at home. We've got four quad one wins away from home. Like, it's, yes, we should be in the tournament. Obviously, I think that, and I'm pretty adamant about it. I thought we had to win today for sure to make sure, but, like, to me, we should be in. Uh, I guess we've had two or three bad days. We've had some injuries that impacted a couple of those days. If that doesn't matter, I, you know, whatever, that's fine. But, like, in 19, I was left out because we, we were one in eight or nine, just like North Carolina. We were left out with a net of 35. NC State was left out that year with a 33 net. Now, this year our net's higher, but, like, we've got five quad one wins. Like, we should be in the tournament. This team, the way we've played, the margin of victory in most of our games, a lot of these ACC wins, beating these guys the way we did, who's a great team, and they should be in. Um, yes, we should be in the tournament. I love it. Direct, forceful. And let me, let me say this about Brad Brownell, too. I don't, I don't know if you know this. Brad Brownell's been Clemson a long time. One of the things that gets people a little bit upset at Brad Brownell sometimes is that they don't they don't think he's like passionate. They don't think he's emotional. And I think sometimes it's because he's different. We talked about this when he got emotional uh, in senior day on the court. Like people from the Midwest, people who have Midwest bone. If you're from the Midwest, you know this. It's not I mean there are exceptions, but I'm 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 typecasting now as somebody who has a lot of family in the Midwest. People people get passionate before they get emotional. And sometimes we conflate those two things. I get emotional. I cry and yell and stand up and gesture wildly, and that's that's what I do. But there are people who are not emotional, but they are passionate. And I think Brad Brownell is what I would call rationally passionate, meaning he is not going to sit up there and say those things if he doesn't believe them. He is not just going to blindly say, yeah, we should be in the tournament if it costs him some professional credibility to do so or if he doesn't think his team is, uh, if he doesn't think his team is worthy. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm choking now. That's what I think the difference is here, that you haven't seen Brad Brownell forcefully defend teams like this in the past. He might give lip service to it. That was a forceful defense of a team playing well, a team that's checked all the boxes, a team that's done every single thing asked of them in terms of qualifying from the uh, from the NCAA tournament. Let's go to Tim from North Carolina, who's up with us next before we take our next break. What's up, Tim? I'm doing fine. How are you? Uh, we should not even be having this conversation. Uh, Clemson should be in. I'm a Duke fan, but for the record, I've, I've watched Clemson this year. I, there should be no conversation of them being in or out. They should be in regardless. That's just my opinion because I think that it, when they're at their best, they can beat anybody. Well, yeah. I don't – listen, I don't, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't disagree with that. And let me, let me say this. I, I think it's possible that the matchup with NC State just simply favors Clemson, but if, if you beat that team three straight times, that team can't get in a tournament that you're not in. Right, right. I so, 
But uh, yeah, I, I think my thing's coming on right now. Uh, they're getting better, but uh, Duke is young, and they could just collapse at any time. I don't think Clemson. They have a lot of uh, senior players that can play ball, and I don't think they would collapse under the pressure. But I'm looking for Duke to collapse, really, to be honest with you. Uh, they're talented, but they're 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 not. They don't have the experience, and but they they have really improved a lot. But, I, I agree uh, with hoping, that. I'm hoping that Clemson. I'm, I, I'm. I don't live far from Clemson, but here's the thing. I hope Clemson go. If Duke don't go far, I hope Clemson goes far. I mean, I'm just uh, now North Carolina. I'm fine with them staying at home. Oh, listen, no <laughs> I, I'm doubt. Glad to see them at home. You're not alone yeah, in that. I think, go ahead. I was just going to say, Tim, we're up against a break, so I got to run. I'm, I apologize. Okay. I appreciate the phone call, though. All right. Thank you. All right. Absolutely. I think a lot of folks feel the way Tim does. All right. When we come back, we'll go back to the phone. 654-ROAR is the number. We got a couple on hold. We also have some tickets to give away to tomorrow's baseball doubleheader. Stay with us. Hour 2 continues after this. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle service or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Friends, the winter closeout sale at Elkmont is going on now. This is a sale you do not want to miss. 40 to 60% off on most fall clothing from Patagonia, Z Supply, Columbia, Free Fly, and more. All Hey Dudes are 50% off. Buy one bog bag, get a small bog bag free. New spring and game day items are arriving daily. Elmont offers great footwear, jewelry, game day, and lifestyle clothing, and of course, outdoor gear and clothing from the most popular brands. Elmont is your one-stop shopping destination for that someone special, offering something for everyone, from candles to kayaks, from sunglasses to charcuterie boards, or the largest upstate selection on own running shoes. Elmont has what you're looking for. Locally owned and conveniently located in Powdersville on 153, just minutes from Greenville, and in Clemson at 93 exit off of 123. Go visit Elkmont today, and as always, go Tigers! Race for the Green Date is getting closer. It's March 11th. If you want to go ahead and sign up, you can do that. Sign up today while we still have some openings that guarantee you a T-shirt and a great swag bag. RunSignUp.com. We've got a fun run for the kids. 12 and under goes start at 8 o'clock. 5K starts right after that. You can walk that. And several people have said they want to walk the 5K. You can do that. Half Marathon starts right after that. And remember, there's a four-hour time limit on that. Party starts at 8 o'clock. Julian Davis is going to roll up and give away a great prize for the best dressed St. Patrick's Day theme. Music, live DJ, drawings for a beautiful emerald necklace from Bradley's Jewelers. Great swag every year, trucker's hats, race shirts, sesquicentennial medal just for completing any of the races. Cash prizes, you'll need to check the website for more information on that. Great giveaways for placing in your age division. I'd like to thank some sponsors, Upstate Medical Associates, 313 Cafe, where we do the package pickup, and Santee Cooper. You want to know more? Seneca SC events or the website at www.seneca.com. If you are looking for first-class service, consider First Class Halt. Here at First Class Halt, our technicians are not paid by commission. 
All this does is promote unnecessary repairs and dollars being spent by you. We pride ourselves on being honest. We will never sell you a service that doesn't need to be done, and no surprises. All prices must be approved by you before work is done. Come see what first-class service really means. First Class Halt, located in Anderson and Greenville. Mattress shopping? Look no further than Engineered Sleep. Visit their showroom in Greenville and try the ES Duo. This two-piece hybrid mattress is their most popular seller. If it's in stock, pick it up the same day or schedule a delivery. Setup is free. Plus, they take away your old mattress. Manufactured mattresses in Greenville for 90 years. Call 866-244-0898 or go to engineeredsleep.com. Save up to $600 and get two free pillows with code WCCP. Better sleep. Rest assured. Smitty Smoke and Soul Food Sunday Special includes fried chicken, five wings, and two sides for only $13.99. Choose from sides like jalapeno cheddar cornbread, seasoned green beans, or mac and cheese. Top your meal off with a banana pudding or peach cobbler with a scoop of ice cream. Their kids' meal is sure to get smiles from even the pickiest of eaters. Smitty Smoke and Soul Food, 5284 Calhoun Memorial Highway in Easley. Visit smittysmokeandsoulfood.com to view the menu and daily specials. See you Sunday at Smitty's. Needing to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or wood chipper? Or maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor? McNeely's Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned, renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union, McNeelyStoreandRental.com. Or call Matt for a quote today, 828-553-4338. Ben here for EC Sports. Are you looking to lose weight and build lean muscle at the same time? Then Optinos is for you. Optinos works on a genetic level by redirecting more protein for muscle building, leading to an increase in your lean body mass and decreased fat. In clinical tests, Optinos showed a three times increase in lean muscle mass, six times more endurance, and 140% improvement in recovery time compared to the placebo group. Use code BEN. 20% off your order at UpstateMuscle.com. We're your flagship station for Clemson baseball. 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Two continues out of bounds. Shout out to my guy Terry, one of the one of the folks that works here in security. Uh, big fan of the show. Love Terry. Uh, we were talking ball. He said he's de- we're we're dead on the money. He is uh, he is so so like he's in lockstep with everything that we're saying. Good basketball mind too. We we're we we're talking about the Notre Dame job. Uh, by the way, there's there's been some breaking news on the uh, on the basketball front. Uh, Jeff Goodman is reporting, or at least that's where I see it, that uh, Georgia Tech is parting ways with Josh Pastner. And so Pastner is now in search of a job. And former Georgia Tech coach, I believe the immediate preceding coach to Josh Pastner, Brian Gregory, has been fired at South Florida. So that's, that's a little bit weird. Um, that both of those guys let go on the same day, but uh, Passner um, five and six years had a losing record, and uh, uh, let me let me say this: I, I know that somebody called in, and uh, Mike, you'll you'll appreciate this. I think 
somebody called in the press box the other day and was asking what's the difference between Georgia Tech and Clemson and I mean the differences are just I mean I, I I'm not even it's one of those things that's such an absurd contention that you don't even have a rational argument for it but here's what I'll say about Josh Pastner. Differences okay? differences in basketball or differences in the schools? In basketball. In other words, if Georgia Tech's going to fire Pastner, why wouldn't uh, Clemson fire Brown? Like, why why wouldn't they make the same decision? Oh, my god. In other words, basically saying that Georgia Tech cares more about basketball than Clemson does because they're willing to part ways with Pastner. Here's what I'd say. Josh Pastner won an ACC tournament. Great. Congratulations. They're never going to take that away. That team was very fun to watch with Ursher, baby. And uh, with Alvarado and those guys, like those, that was a great player. With uh, with Moses Wright, like that, that was a great team. I loved watching that team play. We know this in sports, okay? And I want everybody to just get this in your brain. I want everybody to get this in your brain. If we can look at your tenure as a coach, or we can look at your program generally, and we see a pretty consistent bit of performance, except for the COVID year then that COVID year is going to be treated like an outlier. We saw several Indiana football under Tom Allen. I think Tom Allen's a good coach, but I don't think Indiana football is as good as they were during COVID. We know that. Georgia Tech basketball, same thing. Colorado football, they were good during COVID. Finished 500. They stink. They stunk every year for 15 years except for two. One where Mike McIntyre was coach of the year and the other one was COVID. If you were great in COVID and weren't before and aren't now, we're just going to blame it on COVID. And Josh Pastor wasn't good enough at Georgia Tech except for the COVID year. Throw it out. If, if, one of your, if one of your great years was a COVID year, if that was the best year you've had, you could throw it out. Now, I understand that also means that Brad Brownell, uh, that would cost him an NCAA tournament, right? But this is where I get to conveniently change the parameters of my argument. Because Brad Brownell went to an NCAA tournament before that. He had teams that were bubble-worthy before that, and he's he's going to the NCAA tournament this year. He's got a team that's good enough to go to the NCAA tournament after. It was not the high watermark of his program during the COVID year, right? Josh Pastner, high watermark of his program during the COVID year, it basically can't count. It just can't. You can't you can't count that. Uh, anyway, 654-ROAR is the number, 654-7627, if you'd like to join us on the phones. Uh, Omaha Hank says this. And we're going to go to the phones here. In fact, I I have just for whatever reason I have just lost the phones, so I'm going to get it back, and we'll be able to we'll be able to go to the phones here. I'll tell you what I'll do while I'm trying to get them back. I'll tell you about our friends at Ingles, where you find low prices and you will love the savings. I need to go buy Ingles today, uh, and I need to get like a handful of things. I need to get saline, man, uh, for contacts. I, I had to throw away some contacts in Greensboro because I left my saline at home, and now I'm out of saline, and I'm deathly afraid because everybody on Google says, don't use anything besides saline for your eyes. Just don't do it. So I got to go get saline. I got to get some deli meat. That boy said deli meat. I got to get bread. You know who has great bread? The Ingalls Bakery has wonderful bread of all shapes and size. You got to love that. I mean, it doesn't matter what you get there. It's always good. Got a couple other things to get, a couple frozen items to get, maybe some chicken breasts in there. I got some yogurt to buy as well. I mean, just an assortment of things. And guess what? I already know how I'm going to get through the store. I already know what I'm ordering from Starbucks when I get done. I already know how that's going to go because I know that every Ingles is the same, especially my home Ingles in Central. That's Ingles where you'll find low prices and you will love the savings. 654-ROAR is the number. If you'd like to join us on the phone, feel free. 654-7627, or you can get in on the Adams & Co. roofing text line. 
Uh, here is, uh, let me see, I want to read this text from the 864. says this, Brownell sounds like a coach has been put on notice. Feels like Neff has said something to him. I, I totally and completely disagree. I want to head this off of the pass. We, we cited yesterday, our friend Larry Williams is reporting on TigerIllustrated.com that Brad Brownell is basically coming back. That's his reporting. I've not heard anything different from that. In fact, I kind of got the sense as this team was playing well that that it was moving in that direction, that even the, the interactions that we have were moving in that direction ever since the Louisville loss, where honestly it, it kind of felt like things were going in the other direction after they lost to Louisville, how they've responded from that and how they've played in the last uh, you know month or so has been really, really encouraging on that front. I don't think Brad- – if you look at what Brad Brownell was saying after Louisville, he was saying, I get it. There were a lot of I get it press conferences. I get it. I get what people are saying. You know, we think we're good enough, but I get it. Last night, wasn't that? Last night, he was saying, I don't get it. I don't get why more people aren't saying better things about us. I don't understand why people aren't more enamored with what we've done. I don't understand why we're not getting more credit for the road wins we have. I don't think it sounded like a more desperate Brad Brownell. I think he was emboldened by the play of his team and by the performance of his program. I think he was reacting to watching his team and watching a group of players that he has a great affinity for. We we know that from senior day. Watching that group of players succeed. I, I don't I, I would say it was exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite. And it was a guy who was so self-assured that now he feels like he can really go out and fight for his team. That they have eliminated the arguments to the contrary. And I said this before, Brad Brownell is rationally passionate. He's not going to come out and say stuff he doesn't mean just so that his players feel like they're sticking up for him or whatever. Or just to get on the good side of fans. Like he's just not going to do that. For better or worse, come hell or high water. He's not going to do that. He is going to say what he believes to be true. And what he believes to be true is that his team is an NCAA tournament team, and they proved it. And I'll tell you what. We talked about Middlebrooks. I felt like the way that things uh, that things transpired last night, a team that was not an NCAA tournament team would lose that game. Think about what Clemson had to overcome last night to beat NC State by a historically significant margin of 26 points. Think about what they had to overcome. They had to overcome the guy who was on guarding face up NC State's best perimeter player. He went out with fouls like three minutes into the the first half and and came in with less than a minute to go in the half. You had to play freshmen at the one and or the two for almost the entirety of the first half. Guys that have not been super inspiring that I thought gave you, I I tweeted at halftime, good minutes from Beadle, great minutes from Dylan Hunter. Totally believe that. I'm, I'm still feeling that way. Dylan Hunter gave great minutes on the floor for Clemson last night. Ben Middlebrooks goes for 8-5 and five because P.J. Hall gets his third foul less than 15 seconds into the second half. You had to overcome that. You had to overcome an early nine-point deficit in a building where I thought the Clemson fans were loud at times, but it was definitely a more of a pro-NC State crowd for obvious reasons, right? Definitely more of a pro NC State crowd. You had to overcome that. And not only did you overcome that, you smashed their face in after they got up nine, and you outscored them the rest of the way, 69-34. to 34. And you stole their will, and you stole their soul, and you were plus 23 in the second half, and they basically quit. 
I mean, they, they essentially quit. The body language is terrible on NC State. You made them quit. Quag, one of the brightest moments for me was when P.J. Hall had to sit out after getting that first, I'm, I'm sorry, that third foul right at the start of the second half. He was out for nine minutes, and Clemson continually increased their lead while he was having to sit out. That was very encouraging as they move forward. And you know what? I I would say they're going to have to win a different way tonight because you're, Middlebrook's not sneaking up on anybody from Virginia tonight. Now, I'm also going to tell you a couple things about Virginia here. One thing about Virginia that I think is important to note, uh, no Vanderplas. Vanderplas played 21 minutes. They played uh, some smaller lineups against Clemson the first time. But Jaden Shedrick was a DNP coach's decision. That guy was almost a non-factor. He's been a non-factor for basically a month now, or more, maybe more than that. He had five blocks in a game last night. A game, by the way, where Baycott was limited. I think Virginia is going to be significantly compromised inside without Vanderplas, especially if they get in some foul trouble with guys that tend to play a little bigger, like Jaden Gardner in there. I don't, I don't think that Clemson is going to fear Virginia the way that they did when Vanderplas could go in there. Because Vanderplas also, even though he can't shoot free throws a lick, he also could go in and make a three. He's like 40% from three. Shedrick ain't going to do that. Shedrick is a, is a zero on offense. He is a nothing, as, uh, as I know some coaches might say. He's a nothing on the scout. Just, Shedrick's not going to hurt you offensively. Um, what happened in the first meeting between Clemson and Virginia – Virginia had a 17 free throw advantage, 22 to 5. Isaac McNeely, who before that game against Clemson had scored 6, 8, 8, 4, 8, 3, 6, 4 in the previous eight games, went for 12 points. So there's that. Then on the other side, you had another freshman in Ryan Dunn who had scored. Uh, two, two, zero, two, zero, 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 zero. Literally hadn't scored in four games. And he's been playing. He had played in four games, 34 scoreless minutes combined. He goes for 10 points against Clemson. Now, he also went for nine against Louisville and then back to the goose egg against North Carolina. It took some uncommon performances for Virginia to be able to beat Clemson by seven in their building with a 17 free throw advantage in the first meeting. I I don't think Virginia feels real good about this matchup. Even without Alex Hemingway, and I think I think that's I think that's a factor. I think Hemingway is certainly a guy that you would like to have against Virginia. Stand around outside, shoot the basketball. Totally uh to- totally agree with that. Um Mel Carey Keith says this. I thought last game they had Virginia figured out in the second half. Just ended up trading baskets. But don't disagree with that at all. I feel like I feel like Clemson started to crack the code, and they they ran out of time. And you know, obviously, they don't make forty five minute games for a reason. You got to win it in forty. But uh, they, you know, Clemson was able to kind of find a way to to stay within striking distance, and and uh, they they couldn't get it under what seven. I think they couldn't get it under seven. They couldn't get it to like five there for a little bit. Maybe they got it to five once and then gave it back up. At any rate. Um, I feel like this is a Clemson team that should feel supremely confident because of the contributions they got from Hunter and from Godfrey and from Middlebrooks and from Beadle and from Shefflin last night. I just think that gives a team that's already brimming with confidence a double dose of it 
And we're going to talk to Ben Milstead about the supreme confidence that this team feels on the other side as he's live with the team in Greensboro. We'll do that after this. WCCPFM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar.